0: Hey everyone, my name is Asher Roddy. And
1: this is Tyler Whipple. Welcome to Talking Two-Tone. We're thrilled to bring you a new and thought-provoking podcast that talks all things Tennessee Titans.
0: Go ahead and reserve your ticket now. It's going to be an incredible journey. Tighten up. What's up, Titans fans? It's another edition of Talking Two Tone. I'm joined by Tyler Whipple once again, one of the best co-hosts out there when talking Tennessee Titans. And uh, let's just dive right in, Tyler. What a massive win by the by the Titans against the 49ers. It looked bleak for a while, but man, what a what a gutsy performance by the Titans to pull it out, especially in the second half. Let's um, let's get your thoughts on it, big guy.
1: Like, you just hit the nail on the head. What a gutsy win, man. I mean, it's just that's just typical Tennessee Titans there. Um, when everybody get down on us and we're looking terrible, we come out in the second half and score 20 points to win the game. Defense played great situational football. The interceptions we came up with were massive. Uh, people can blame Jimmy Garoppolo in the first one, but Jack Robert Jenkins made it an it enormously – Massive great play. What do you want to call it? Just a great play there in the end zone to intercept that ball. He baited he he baited Jimmy G so bad there. And I, I think pretty much any um quarterback would take that mismatch there with Kittle and uh, Jack Jackrabbit just turn the game around right there because if the forty nine ers when it went up fourteen nothing on us there, uh, who knows what happens, but that was one of the biggest plays of the game. And I just love seeing it, man. Our guys never uh, back down from a challenge. They play hard. They play through the whole game. They just take on this variable quarter he's built. You know, big, big win. And I, I'm excited to be a Titans fan this week.
0: I mean, I'm telling you, that was a massive play by Jack Rabbit. He's kind of turning into that that Malcolm Butler when he first got there. He was, he was slow at first, getting adjusted. And now, I mean, before his injury, he was playing lights out. And it's really good to see that he's picking up that level of play again. And, I mean, I'm telling you, we go down 14-0, I don't know what happens. I think we abandon the run game. I think we we just start airing it out, which is not what this team is built to do. Um, but, man, I got to tip the old hat to Todd Downing, second half play calling. I, I feel like, man, he just – he he said, you know what, fuck it. A.J. Brown is down there somewhere. We're getting him the ball. And I am telling you, when I tell you, that guy – could not be guarded. Coming off of a short week, activated off IR, they couldn't stop him. Could not stop him.
1: No, they couldn't. A.J. was just playing lots out A.J. that we've seen and we've grown accustomed to over the last few years. Uh, he was taking advantage of every mismatch. If they played man coverage on us, A.J. was going to be open. He's finding all the, the open spots in the zone coverage. Uh, he had a lot of really aggressive, tough catches. He threw down – What's the corner there from San Francisco? Their best corner. I can't think of his name right now. It's leaving Wilson. My mind. Uh, it wasn't Wilson. It was the other. It, he's a captain. He's, he's been there for a while. Well, he ran that little crossing out there and just Oof. threw him down, just big boyed him. You know, like, I'm the biggest guy out here. You're, you're going down to the ground. Don't try to get physical with me. <laughs> I'm going to catch this and I'm going to go for another 30 yards. So that play was just awesome. That was just the AJ. We were growing to a custom scene. It was just really exciting to see. But back to your point about Todd Downing, you've got to give the guy credit. We was all crapping on Todd Downing in the first half. There's a million Titans fans out there on Twitter saying, hey, he don't get on the bus home. Ray needs to fire him. You've got to give give the guy credit. He made his adjustments. I don't know if he gave Tannehill more control of the offense because it seemed like when Tannehill was, you know, running a little hurry-up offense whatnot and he'd get through the line of scrimmage and making his checks, it seemed like the offense was running a little better off that, you know, and we kind of run the pass game to set up the run game because after they backed off of us a little, you know, uh, when A.J. was kind of going off with the run game with McNichols and um, Foreman started working really well. So, I think a lot of that goes to Tannehill there. Uh, he was a little shaky in the first half as well, but I think Todd Downing came in the reins. I don't, I don't know that for sure, but it's just watching the game is what it seemed like to me. So, I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I don't know how he could have called a, a worse, you know, first half game. But, man, I feel like, you know, we at least now know that Todd – I'm not ready to call him the greatest offensive coordinator that's ever lived. I'm not ready to call him top ten in the league even. But I feel like Todd Downing is at least competent enough now to understand what's working and what's not. Like, the A.J. Brown was unguardable. Like, there's nothing there's nothing they could have done to stop it. And the thing is we could have shouted out this ball is going to AJ on a cross. This ball is going to AJ, you know, 20 yard curl route. This ball is going to AJ four yard bubble screen. And they still could not have stopped it. That's, this is one of those rare examples that you see in the NFL, especially uh, where there's one player on the field that is just better than every single player out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we're so accustomed to seeing that with Derek Henry And, you know, it is so relaxing and relieving to now know that we have that with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. And, man, I got to tell you, boy, oh, boy, Um, everybody is, you know, just crapping on all of these injuries and all of that nonsense. Julio is going to get clicking, all right? I don't know why he's not, but he's going to. They're going to start making it a point of emphasis once these games, once we start rolling into, into, you know, deep January and, into the playoffs, because now we're going. We are going to the dance, everybody. It hasn't been locked up, but it's going to get locked up. We're going. Panic meters at a zero. But, man, when we get these players back out on that field and all they need is one solid week of practice together, I, I believe it's going to be tough to stop. I don't care what seed we get at this point. We are go- Nobody wants to play us. There's no. not a team in the league that's going to want to play us. And another thing that, you know, was really – relieving to see was the young rookie he stepped in he had a shaky first half and then you know it just seemed like he played better and better as the game went on he was bad at first you know he was not good at first and then he got to the point where they didn't feel like bosa could be left on that right side of the field
1: you know you're talking about that how how do you think the thought process went, well, just watching this game, you know, he, this guy's blocking Nick Boso, a premier pass rusher in the league. We're talking about Dillard Ray Dunn, of course. But how do we put Aaron Brewer and Kendall Lamb out there in front of this guy if he has this ability? I just – I mean, is he just really that bad in practice if he's just a gamer? Because I don't really remember seeing a really even a hurry – from that side of, the, of that of side of the ball, when he was being blocked over there, so I, I you know, it's just kind of puzzling to me to, to see him get this action this late in the year and and have a performance like that because you kind of expect him to be really bad. I did because the, obviously the coaching staff hadn't trusted him until this moment. So we'll see going forward. And I know you, I know you want this. Does he start over Cuesenberry this week if if and Saffold and Saffold company is back? I would. I would See,
0: start him over him,
1: 100%. So, so how, how haven't we been doing it, or why haven't we been giving him more opportunity throughout the year? But I also want to make a point we made last week. They kept Swaim and Furkser and running backs in, and Max protected a lot. We only had a lot of two-man routes last week, three-man routes. We was protecting a lot. So, I think that's what we got to do against this front going up in Miami. But that's another segment. But just it's just a little puzzling with Ray Duns. I don't want to get too far away from the topic. But uh, what what do you think uh, on that? I have an opinion.
0: Um, I I don't know if it's you know. First of all, I don't, we don't really talk about college football much here, um, but I have an opinion on why he hasn't been playing. Um, so he went to North Dakota State, which you know has produced some NFL players as of late, but they fucking suck. All right, there is a reason why they are a division one fcs school all right there's a reason why these players are getting drafted you know um they're, they're the best players on these teams respectfully but they're not playing the competition as opposed to like an sec gauntlet and you know i'm gonna really not gonna try to go into my college football beliefs here but my thing is dylan Raddens played at a small school he hasn't played football since 2019. Apparently, when we drafted him, you know there wasn't that much tape on him. Maybe they just didn't want to overwhelm him. Maybe they wanted him to get mm, to get yeah. up to practice speed and then get him some game reps. But that doesn't make sense to me either. You got You drafted this guy in the second round. The second round—that's a player that is supposed to start day one. Mm. And you know, I feel like it would have been a very similar result if we had thrown him into the fire than what we've gotten with Quesenberry. quesonberry has been garbage he's been horrible all year the
1: worst right tackle in the nfl yeah in so pass I
0: mean, protection. There's,
1: there's no way that
0: this could be that much worse than 32nd of right tackles and pass protection so you know maybe now the coaching staff has learned all right this guy's a gamer um he can play we got to protect him a little bit at first and even taylor Luan, he only started 14 games in his rookie year you know he didn't play the full 16 but um I think you know we're going to see more of him as, as the year goes on and as the season progresses, because you know there's just no other way he's going to learn.
1: Yeah, I like that thought. But you know, we've talked enough about Reddons, and you know, we, I think I think where he's got a bright future going forward. I, I really believe in him, and I, I think the drive capital is there. But I, I kind of want to touch base on that AJ Brown Tannehill connection that a lot of people don't really see of how really in sync these guys are when they're both at their top of their game. Um just let's hit on that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, here here's a massively bold prediction. And you know we've talked about this before about you know top five wide receivers under the age of twenty five and I've I've put AJ Brown at one consistently and I will continue to do so. I think he's a top five wide receiver in the league. If you take away the volume you know, because this team is a run first offense and it always will be, always has been, always will be. Um, If you take away that and you would just look objectively, um, you put A.J. Brown in any of these, you know, offenses with the top five guys where he's getting all the target share and all of that and, you know, getting 20 targets a game and, you know, stuff like that, he's going to go for a hundred every single game.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, The pure talent and you know just the ability to be better than the guy in front of you every single game is there we've seen it and the Tannehill connection to to AJ Brown is just built off of trust like um, go back to Houston week 17 last year where you know we're about to go into overtime um, and Tannehill drops that massive bomb he's like with like 15 or 17 seconds left in the game he decides to just throw one up there 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 are very few quarterbacks that will do that in that situation um but they have to have a player they trust and a.j brown has proven time and time again that he'll beat one-on-one coverage um look at that you know look who was the first person ryan Tannehill looked to and the only person he looked to on that offsides penalty, where he just threw up that bomb on third and twenty-three,
1: he really threw it from the opposite hash just to get it, to give him an opportunity. You know, yeah. kind of a jump pass from the opposite. Let's talk about that's an impressive throw. He threw it like forty yards down the field, opposite Across hash on body. the run. It's nuts. You know, the guys, the guys got some real talent. You know, I, I want to touch base on Tannehill's toughness a little bit. Mike Brable had a quote Um, he said I I can't exactly I'm I'm paraphrasing here he was talking about Tannehill's toughness in the pocket there's not a lot of guys that would stand in the pocket as long as he does I know a lot of that sometimes he uh, gets a little strip sack fumbles because of this but the guy will take a total beating for this team and I think a lot of that comes back to the culture or whatnot we talk about a lot but you just gotta respect Tannehill and his toughness, and that play kind of signifies Tannehill, uh, just just the power he has, the his presence as a quarterback, just a big dude, um, you know. So, and Asher had a tweet also. I wanna touch base on that. About the guys, you know, crapping on Tannehill, wouldn't have quit on him. Me and him actually had a discussion last week. Uh, he had a bad drive, and Asher was not having it. You know, I, <laughs> I I blame Tannehill for one drive. You know, he did have a bad drive there. He missed a few throws. But with this podcast, believes in Ryan Tannehill. I kind of want to just tell y'all guys that we believe in Ryan Tannehill. I think he's the perfect fit for our system. And what we do in Nashville, you know, I mean, the coaches really believe in him. You can just tell he has full authority of the offense. And I just let's stop the train of wanting to, you know, trade Tannehill away, cut him, blah, 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 draft his replacement. Now, I mean, maybe it's not a terrible idea to maybe groom somebody, but I went four years down the line grooming him. Just so let's just let's just pump the brakes on the Tannehill buzz. You can see what happens when he has protection these weapons out there. What happens? We score 20 points and a half. So I just want to say that.
0: Yeah, and you know, and also just to go back and you know emphasize the tweet that I had. Um Ty, for all of you don't know, Tyler doesn't curse. And that, that's very respectable. But I will. I will curse for Tyler here. All right. <laughs> the tweet said for everyone talking all that shit about Ryan Tannehill, shut up. Dude has been battling all year, and he's overcome a historic avalanche of injuries to the team, and he's suited up every single game. Hasn't complained, hasn't pointed the finger. He's won this team 10 games. There are very few quarterbacks in the league that would not be frustrated right now in the situation Tannehill's been placed in. Um, and you know that, that you know he wants to be frustrated. He might be behind closed doors, but he has not once criticized or publicly – you know, pointed the finger at anyone on this team. He's battled, put his head down, went and got his lunch pail, and he's gone to work. The guy is a gamer. He goes out there, he wins you games, he doesn't lose you games, he goes out there and he battles. I mean, he's probably one of the best, if not the best, in two-minute offense, you know, right now, over the last two years. And I know people are going to go crazy over the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's of the world. Nobody, nobody is throwing to Nick Westbrook-Akine and Chester Rogers as their wide receiver two threes through the year. Ryan Tano went down there and won the game when they scored a touchdown and tied it up. I believe in Tannehill, Tannehill, whatever you want to call him. He is, he is elite, all right? And his numbers might not back it up, but the guy will win you games. And he's the guy you want leading a team like this that wants to punch you in the mouth, take a right hook, and then uppercut you and knock you to the canvas. He is the guy.
1: Well, you just said it, too. Um, There was a stat on the Thursday night football game broadcast. He has more uh, fourth-quarter overtime wins, comeback drives, game-winning drives than anybody since he's been in Tutankhamen Blue. Anybody. Number one. I think it was like 17, which is unreal. We've played how how many games has he started? Maybe we're about 40 now or so. Got to be around that. Uh, somewhere around that, he's had almost half of them been fourth quarter game winning drives. That's nuts. Yeah. Now let's get you rich, kids. Oh, baby, Asher, you know what time it is. It is my favorite segment we do on Talking Two Tom, man. I'm trying to get you guys some money. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bet three games against the spread to see if we can win you guys some of that beautiful green lettuce. Okay, we're talking lettuce here, Benjamin Franklin's. If you want to bet that much money, I'm not betting that much money, but you can. And if you take my advice, I'm not taking the blame. However, <laughs> we're gonna do this anyway, right after. <laughs> so. That's right. So we're gonna bet our, we're gonna bet these three games. Uh, we're gonna bet uh, the KC and Cincinnati game. We're gonna bet the Miami Tennessee game. Of course, the Titans game. We're gonna bet the Raiders and the Colts games. All three of these games matter in the grand scheme of thing for the Titans this week. Um, if the if the Cincinnati Bengals can beat the Chiefs, and we win, we are the de facto one seed. With a win next week against Jacksonville, we will be the one seed. That's just where we're at right now. Uh, if the Colts lose to the Raiders, we're automatically AFC South champions. And if we beat the, the, the Dolphins, we're automatically AFC South champions. So all three of these games matter in the grand scheme of things. And if you're a Titans fan like we are, you know we're going to be paying really close attention to these games, although they all are played at the same exact time, which is kind of crazy. I cannot believe this KC Cincinnati game is not primetime. But uh, we're going to get right at it, Asher. Asher. Um, right now KC is a 5 point favorite at Cincinnati. What who are you taking there?
0: I'm taking Cincinnati. I don't I don't think that the Chiefs are as good as they've been. I think they're vulnerable this year and my god Joe Burrow just threw for 525 yards against the Ravens. T Higgins is probably one of the best wide receiver two wide receiver threes in the league. I mean you th- those wide receivers are nasty, man. I do not want to play the Bengals in the playoffs if we make it. Uh, they have Jamar Chase, um, they have Tyler Boyd, they have T. Higgins, and they've got Joe Mixon, who is basically a wide receiver too. Um, I'm taking I'm taking the, the Bengals to cover the plus five, and it wouldn't surprise me if they win this game either.
1: Okay, so um, a disclaimer, I think I'm seven and three right now, and I think Asher's like four and six, something like that. It's, this is a hard thing to do. I mean, we're kind of guessing here, but I just want to give you all that. On the season. Um, I'm not trying to rub in Asher, even though I kind of am uh, <laughs> by saying that. So, i got to anyway. get some
0: games back here. i got to cut in your lead.
1: So, I'm going right opposite of you. I think the Chiefs cover, not because the talent's not there and what all you just said is correct, but these guys are young and they've been very inconsistent for Cincinnati. So, I don't really trust them in this situation. Um, the, if the I think if the Bengals win this week, they're AFC North champions. Is that correct?
0: They, I, they are. They have more I, to play for than the Chiefs do.
1: Right. But the Chiefs are still playing for that one seed. So they, they're still playing all their players. And I think Travis Kelsey will be back. I just don't I don't see the, the, the Bengals uh, coming come to the occasion here. I think they're a year away from being really, really, really good, like competing for this AFC like we are. So I'm gonna take the Chiefs to cover here sparingly. I think I think it's just a touchdown. I don't think they cover by 15 points or 20 points. I think the Chiefs are gonna win. We'll say 21. No, excuse me, 28 to 20. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Kansas City here. The next game we got is um, uh, the Raiders and the Colts. Right now the Colts are six and a half point favorites. So if you're listening to this right now, which you can't be because we're, we're recording it. So that's kind of a dumb statement of me, but um, the Colts are six and a half point favorites with Carson Wentz. It was just announced Carson Wentz is out for the week uh, against the, the Raiders because of COVID he's unvaccinated. So he can't, he can't play this week. So the Colts are six and a half point favorites right now. So that's what the line we're going off of. We can't go off the adjusted line. Cause it's not been adjusted yet. Um, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take uh, the Raiders here. Um, at six and a half, I think the I I kind of think the Colts are going to win the game still without Carson Wentz because the Raiders are the Raiders. They kind of had the Bengals thing. I don't trust them here because they've got to win. The Raiders have got to win. to keep their playoff hopes alive, and they they're waiting on us to beat the Dolphins. So uh, the Raiders have got to win this game. I don't. I like Derek Carr, but I don't trust their defense. I don't trust their coaching staff. Uh, so I, I'm still taking the Raiders to cover here. Uh, but I don't know if they win. So, actually, what's your thoughts?
0: Um, Carson Wentz, you're an idiot. Um, you're you're the quarterback – you're the starting quarterback in an NFL team, and you are not vaccinated. You're a fool. Um, but anyhow, um, I'm taking the Raiders to cover, and not only that, I'm taking them to win because of this. The difference between, you know, a bad quarterback and a horrible quarterback is the difference between Carson Wentz and Sam Ellinger. And it's strictly so because Sam Ellinger is a rookie. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. Um, I think the Raiders win. They have to win. So I'm taking the Raiders to cover, and I'm also going to probably take the money line. I think they win.
1: Hmm. That's that's interesting. We're, we're we're against each other here again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Carson Wentz not being vaccinated is a big deal. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But right now, just a little recap here in the last two games. I'm taking Kansas City. Asher's taking Cincinnati. I'm taking uh, Las Vegas. Well, actually, we're not in the compartment. We both took the Raiders to cover. Anyway, the next game we've got are the Miami Dolphins and our beloved Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans right now are three point favorites at home, which means in a neutral field, Vegas has us uh, a pick them game. Uh, if we played in, the, in a Super Bowl game, which would be a neutral field, that's the only time you play a neutral field is in the NFL. They would have us pick them. I I, I don't know if the Vegas is tapped into this national media, but who have the Dolphins beat in the last seven weeks? They beat the they beat the Jets twice. I think they beat the Jaguars. Um, they beat the Ravens once. Uh, who else have they beat? Just a few other bottom two other teams. Their best friends against the Ravens, but um, Lamar Jackson really struggled that game. Uh, I think the Titans are a lot better than three-point uh, favorites here. If the Titans play like they played the second half of last week, I see us rolling in this game. I see us winning um, by three scores if, if we play like we played last week because I think we're really going to put – and I don't, I'm don't. i not saying it's all our offense. The offense going to play half as good as they played the second half. We roll. But our defense is really going to give this uh, uh, Tua and this run game some problems because they're not going to be able to run the football on us. Nobody has run the football on us effectively all year, really. Um, except for the Colts in the, in the second time we played them, but the Colts ran the ball on everybody. So I'm taking the Titans here, long story short. Uh, I think the Titans cover and they win big. I think we, we put an exclamation mark on this AFC Championship game or AFC South Championship.
0: Um, yeah, I agree. I think the Titans win by more than three. And just to reiterate who the Dolphins have played, they beat the Texans to start their seven-game win streak, and they beat the Ravens, and they beat the Jets. And they beat the Panthers and they beat the Giants and they beat the Jets again and they beat the Saints last night, who played a force. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> they barely beat the Texans, they barely beat the Jets, they beat the crap out of the Panthers. They beat the Giants by 11, they beat the Jets by 7, and they beat the Saints, but they didn't look impressive to me last night. I think that the Titans wrap up the AFC South in a big way. Um, The the Dolphins have a very similar offense to the Steelers. Um, Most of their passes are short passes and yards after the catch for their wide receivers. Their defense is really good up front. Um, their DBs can be pushed around a little bit, except for Howard. Howard's really good. Um, their run game is non-existent. Um, it's it's terrible. Their leading rusher last week was Duke Johnson or David Johnson. One <laughs> of the two.
1: Duke. It was Duke. David plays was Texas.
0: Yeah, Duke Johnson for 13 carries for 39 yards. Um,
1: the Saints have know. a really good run defense, so I mean, let's give them the credit there. But go ahead.
0: Yeah, um, they're run, We have a really good run defense too. I think we're number two, and they're number one. So yeah, we're pff, god. Yeah, if we, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love too. I think he's one of the best college quarterbacks I've ever seen. But I don't think he. I think he's going to be outmanned on defense. I think it's going to be, you know, little three, four yard passes that all we have to do is run up and tackle him. We're not going to beat vertical. We're not going to get beat vertically by the Dolphins.
1: So uh, the recap here, we're taking. Me and Asher both on the Raiders. We're both on the Titans, and I'm on the Chiefs, and he's on the Bengals. So, uh, guys, uh, that's get rich, kids. Hey, you know what to do now? Go put your hard-earned money on this. You know, don't get go get that
0: coastline while you can. Go take that. Go take that line for the Raiders
1: while you can. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Listen up, it's talking Two-Tones Game Picks.
0: All right, Titans fans, it's the moment we've all been waiting for. It is the Tennessee Titans versus the Miami Dolphins
1: preview.
0: Um, This game has all of the ridings for the coronation for the Tennessee Titans. It's time to go in. Let's go into Nissan Stadium and let's go win this freaking division. My panic meter is at a zero. I don't fear this team. I don't care about the Dolphins. I don't care that they have two Bama alums. It is all Tennessee Titans right now, and it is all A.J. Brown and all Ryan Tannehill. Let's go get that win, and let's go punch him in the mouth. I think Tannehill's going to have some extra motivation playing against the team that gave up on him, traded him for a bucket of soap and, and you know, slop and all that jazz. You know, they paid his salary for him to come to us. They paid for him to come to us. They paid us
1: to pay take us, him. They paid us for an AFC championship appearance.
0: Yeah. I mean, good God. Go in there and smack him around, Tannehill. Go in there and, you know, show those little dolphins what it's like to go up against the Titan. I mean, come on, man. Let's, let's go in there. Let's smack him around. I got the Titans winning big, but I'm going to hold off on my prediction until, until you give your preview.
1: Yeah, uh, just piggybacking off what you said, this is a big game for Ryan Tannehill. I, and he can say it's just another game. All he wants to, but you know there's some revenge aspect in here. I expect one or two things from Ryan, he's going to play his best game of the season or he's going to play bad because I don't think there's going to be even even-kill stuff this week. I say that, you know, kind of going back on our culture we talk about it a lot. I've just said it like ten times today. Uh, I think, I think Rabel and down Downing have him ready, but I think he's going to be extra motivated this week. Maybe he takes that extra motivational demons he's going to be having for these Dolphins and really plays lights out. I would love to see him throw for 350, four touchdowns and really get this season back on track for him in the, in the numbers category. Or we like can see on the other end, he could play pedestrian because, you know, he may be pressing. So, that's just a thought from there. You know, I hope it's the other way rather than ladder. latter. But there's a stat that I've been looking right here at the Dolphins team stats off of ESPN. They're only rushing for the whole year, 86.6 yards a game. And that's against all these terrible teams they've played the last seven weeks. They're playing one of the best rushing defenses in the league next this week. Uh, if you can't run the football on the Titans and you're going to be in third and long situations and we have this pass rush teeing off, it is not going to be pretty. So if we can move the ball on offense and Tannehill, and Tannehill can play with that motivation, I think we're going to take care of business on defense. So I I fully – you know, every time I fully expect the Titans to do something, they do the opposite. So I'm I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited and hyped up for this game. Um but I, th- I think I think the Titans roll here. Now I don't want to jinx. Look, I'm knocking on wood right now. I'm sitting at my wife's makeup vanity. It's a makeup vanity. It's made of wood. Okay, so <laughs> I'm, I'm knocking on this wood right now, guys. Can you hear that, Asher? Can you hear that? I can okay. hear it. Now, I'm not trying to jinx this, but I think we roll. I do. Uh, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to get ready for this letdown because if I get let down, I to have me screaming, and cursing possibly at the TV like I was Thursday because that first half. Um, I think the Titans roll here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Titans. We're gonna go 28 to 10. Uh, I really think we're gonna cause this defense a lot of uh, offense, a lot of problem for uh, the Dolphins. Tua's gonna be under pressure all day. Uh, you know, uh, Harold's gonna be coming in his face. <laughs> he's gonna be getting to his face. Excuse me. Uh, he's gonna be getting to his face because he's gonna be rushing the opposite side to his left-handed. And he's really good at batting balls. So, I think that's that's a, a big deal there. That's just a, a tidbit. But I think the Titans take care of business um, in, a, in a big way. So, that, that's my prediction, 28-10. I
0: like it. I like it. Um, I'm going to – I agree with everything you said. I think that their, their run defense is going to get shut down, much like Pittsburgh. And, you know, I, I believe that Tennessee is going to go in there with – you know often we we, we've seen a a letdown game with Tennessee when they, when they've had everything riding, you know, they, they find a way to play down to the level of their competition, but you know, this is, this is not a normal, you know, Tennessee Titans, big game. Like most of the times when we've been playing, you know, a big game against a team uh, for something on the line, they've been, you know, kind of mediocre teams. Um, the dolphins have won 7 straight and i think tennessee is not going to overlook that um, albeit that it was against you know some bad competition some bottom dwellers i think tennessee's going to go out there and i think that they're going to hang a 30 piece on them i think we're going to win a weird score i'm going to go 31 to 13 i think tennessee wins 31 13 and i think it you can go ahead and break out the t-shirts the confetti the champagne Because by the end of Sunday's game, Tennessee's going to have the – they're going to be in first place in the AFC. Fire me up. They're going to be first place in the AFC. Fire me up,
1: Asher. Fire me up, baby.
0: Kansas City is going to get beat by the Bengals. Tennessee is going to beat the brakes off the Dolphins. And then we're going to be sitting in the driver's seat with the Houston Texans left. And the Colts are going to lose to the Raiders. They're going to lose. Without Carson Wentz, they're going to lose. But mm, Tennessee mm, will wrap up the AFC South on Sunday. Book it. Mark it. It's going to be 24 degrees for the low on Sunday. The Dolphins play in Miami. They're not going to be used to that. Tennessee yeah. wraps up the division on Sunday. Book it.
1: You heard it here first, guys. I'm talking two-tone. Uh, that's, that's wraps up the pod. Uh, we're, we're fired up for this weekend, baby. Let's go get that second straight division. And as always, tighten up, people. Tighten up.